Welcome to the Thriving Women in STEM podcast. We're your hosts, Dr. Ursula Lang and Dr. Brianne Daniels. Our mission is to support, nurture, and re-inspire STEM professional women to reclaim their lives and flourish. And the way we do this is through community building, shared experiences, and coaching tools. Let's do this. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to our introduction podcast. Yay, we made it. This Yay. is the Thriving Women in STEM podcast. Bree, how are you feeling? Excited, um, you know, breathy, a little bit like, how am I going to sound on this? But I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we just start by starting. I think that's always a theme here in coaching. Uh, but what we want to do with this introductory podcast is just really allow some time and space for you to get to know us and how we've arrived at coaching ourselves and really the areas in our life that it's made the most impact just to give you that perspective and the context to which we decided to come together and create a podcast for all of you so Brian, do you want to start us off where and what area in your life do you believe you've had has had the most impact with respect to the coaching you've gotten coaching tools all of it I love it. Um, yeah, so I'll try to I'll try to I'll try to answer that in a in a not too long fashion. But so I guess the way I think about it is sort of when when I found coaching or when or how I found coaching. And I have to give you some amount of credit there because um, we actually I think had seen each other at one of our annual meetings for our professional work society, <laughs> um, which was fun. And um, you know, I had just kind of been going through a bit of, um, yeah, work on my own because of changes I saw in my own identity. So I guess you could say I was having a little bit of like self-identity. Um, I don't want to use the word crisis necessarily, but a little bit of like, who am I? What's going on? I was like coming off of a pretty busy fellowship. I had a young baby, I think, who was probably around a year old at that point. Um, and I sort of found myself in a position where it was it was like I kind of had achieved all of these goals that I had really been planning to, to achieve for years. And I had checked some boxes, but I was still feeling a bit um, maybe lost or stuck in some ways. I know the word stuck sometimes gets thrown around a lot, but it was kind of like that. Like there was just some amount of dis-ease in, in how I was feeling in my life. And you and I were talking and I was just like, man, you know, something just doesn't feel quite right. And you kind of had brought up, oh, well, you know, I've been doing this oh thing God. called coaching. It's been really oh helpful. My gosh, great. So. I have to tell you though, when I remember this distinctly, we were in your car, you were driving, I was in San Diego. That's where the meeting was. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> And you live there. So I was grateful to you to bum a couch to lay to sleep. And <laughs> I really mentioned it to you with some trepidation, to be honest, because oh I have to goodness. tell you, ever since I found coaching, I felt like this impulse and need to share it with all my friends and family. And you can imagine like somebody who doesn't know what that is, doesn't believe they need help. That's the first well, thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to force this concept onto somebody who's never asked me for it. And I'm trying to convince and tell them like, no, 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 you got to listen. This is amazing. I want you to also benefit the way I benefited from. You can imagine I didn't have 100% reception every <laughs> single time. <laughs> when I told you, I was so hesitant. And actually, as you bring this up, I'm reflecting on how far 
I've come in my identity as a coach and my belief in coaching from that point until now being able to openly talk about it. So you're reminding me of that is really mind blowing my mind right now. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I'm so glad that you did, that you were brave enough to be like, you know what, I'm going to say something anyway, even if it made you uncomfortable or, or it was a little bit awkward, you know, um, because anyway, I, I actually had, you know, I had done some work in med school on, you know, sort of self-improvement, meditation, ways to kind of cope with the stress that basically we know comes with, you know, long training in, in any career field, right? Any professional career that goes through grad school or med school or residency, any of these things. Um, and so I had actually done some work in that area before. So it was so interesting that, you know, you were kind of like nervous to mention it to me, but it totally, like when you said it, I was like, yeah, oh my gosh, like I have done a little bit of that. I kind of let it go, of, you know, for the last few years because I was really caught up in training and I just hadn't continued to do it. And kind of to bring a little bit of, uh, you know, a cir circular <laughs> end on this story, basically, you know, you mentioned that it was helpful for you. And I think, I think in the car, my response to you was something like, oh my gosh, I should become a coach <laughs> or something like that. You know, my <laughs> response was something like, wow, that's, you know, yeah, that sounds amazing. And, and some, like something I could really identify with at least um, at that point. And then from there, really, I did like seriously try to, you know, read more about it and get a little more information. And, you know, the truth is there's tons of different, you know, ways we can learn about these types of things, whether it be called coaching or self-improvement or, um, you know, you could call it mental fitness. There's a whole bunch of different ways you could categorize it. But um, I really found that coaching as you introduced it to me, was kind of the one that really resonated with me the most um, and kind of talking through the model, which we will get into, you know, more as, as time goes on. But um, really basically taking back ownership of my life in, in kind of a weird way to say that that way. I think I could, had basically um, been following a path that, that there was nothing wrong with that path, but I was sort of following a path and sort of going along with it and had lost a little bit of the of the the driver's seat of my life, if that's a way to put it. You know, I, I had been sort of riding in the backseat car of my life and I kind of realized this was a way for me to get back in the driver's seat, which was super transformational, I guess is a good way to put that. Um, and really helped me a lot to um, reconnect with myself and my self-identity and my value as a person as a physician, as a professional, as a woman, as a mom, I could go on and on, <laughs> but at minimum, those ones are definitely checked. You know, I, I, um, I really feel like it, it definitely coaching helped me recenter on, on who I am. And that was huge and so helpful. <laughs> wow. That's really impactful hearing you say that. And, you know, I think you know, with anything, I, I'm also like nodding along. I'm like, this is all very true for me as well. But, you know, taking that moment to reflect on it and see how far we've come is just really amazing. We underestimate how much we can do in the long term, I guess, right? And it's yeah. been yeah. like over a year now that we've been doing this work together. So, uh, well, as coaches, we've been doing it for longer than that. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> a good way to clarify that. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd actually like, I'd like to sort of dovetail on that and ask you kind of a similar question, you know, like how, how did you come to find coaching? Um, and then how, how has it impacted kind of your relationship with career or medicine or science sort of more generally, but yeah, I think for me, it's, it's funny. It doesn't actually start as deep and as like self-identity as the way you brought it. Um, as far as how I discovered it was really just to lose weight. (laughs) It's a very, like, there's some very practical aspects of coaching that we can get into later. But, uh, to me, it was a very, it was an interesting way to come around to mindful eating and kind of being very intentional about my food plan and deciding, you know, that that could be a way to lose weight and that just being having a very like concrete and practical aspect to it. Uh, so that is my first introduction to coaching. So I'm not going to get into all of that because I would say that the most impactful area, because I was just at the door, the little door that opened it up to this whole world of amazing transformation, right? Not just physical and the physical is just the very, um, the tip of the iceberg, I would say, where it really supported me. And it was so essential to myself as a person and relation to my career, as you mentioned, was, you know, at the beginning of COVID, when as a physician scientist, I was doing a postdoc, so 80% basic science at the bench. And this is after having done an MD, PhD for nine years, having done residency, having done fellowship, and then going back and deciding, I'm going to devote my career to basic research with 20% clinical input. Basically, the clinical stuff that I was doing was informing my research. And, you know, I saw in front of me this beautiful career that I've been working so hard on, and it's finally coming to fruition. I was actually quite happy. There wasn't any problem. There wasn't any issue. And coaching was this fun thing that supported me before the point of COVID <laughs> uh, was this really nice thing that supported me in some of my goals I had. And I did it really kind of secretly, like I mentioned to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when everything happened and the lab shut down and this this clock that we have in academic medicine and research started ticking and I was home with the kids and I was already in my fourth year, was it third or fourth? I've lost track, honestly. Um, my lab had already left to go, had moved to Utah from the Bay Area. And this was right before I even interviewed out there and decided we weren't going to move to Salt Lake City. <laughs> in fact, uh, my husband did not agree to that. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, like in general, I was rolling with the punches like I kind of did you know, and thought, okay, let's just switch labs. It's not a problem. I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in like half a year into this new lab, writing a grant, you know, devoting all my extra time to this. Uh, You know, by extra time, I mean like sleep and nights and weekends and all the things that we do in research. And then all of a sudden, like that did not look like a possibility. Like it was like my whole reality had crumbled around me. And had I not had the coaching tools the way I had, had I not known that my experience of COVID was happening in my brain with my thoughts and that my perceived idea of what my life would be was something completely made up, that I had no evidence or proof that that was (laughs) at all how my life was going to go. And so this feeling of certainty really unraveled and crumbled around me and because of coaching, I was able to pick up the pieces and get creative, get curious, mm-hmm. and show myself 
a lot of self-compassion, a lot of love, self-love, self-compassion. And, you know, just with the self-identity piece that you started talking about, just recognizing that this is the the biggest challenge for me was recognizing that the things in my career does not define me. The things Mm -hmm. I do don't define me. It's who I am and that that's a hundred percent worthy. And yeah, that's as simple as I can put it. I love it. Um, and I, I feel like I can say kind of that mirror, that last sentence you said, you know, in terms of self-identity and coming with compassion as, as it refers to, you know, changes and transitions in how we kind of see ourselves in relation to our, our career or our path, or, or like you're saying, that whole structure around you that, you know, when COVID hit and it started to crumble, that you kind of had all those tools to to lean back on and and to say, okay, yeah, like that doesn't define me and my worth. I'm already 100% worthy. Um, yeah. And saying it's one thing, believing it is a very different thing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so that is the work of uh, really thought work. So I brought up COVID. How did COVID hit you? How how did that show up for you? I, I coaching supportive. I love how you how you how you brought it in. I, I did start sort of thinking about it as you were talking, and um, it's funny because in in a way it was kind of similar. Um, even though our situations were obviously totally different, um, I wasn't in a postdoc doing bench research, but. Um, I had I had sort of a setup in in a in a career environment that you know was kind of it was going along as as sort of expected and you know COVID changed that um, as for many many people right in the world <laughs> everybody in the world really was impacted to some extent but um, but yeah so it it changed it changed what. Um, I, how how I saw myself, I guess, in relationship to my career. Um, and I would say that it kind of helped throw like a light on that thinking that I had in my brain. And so I realized as as COVID hit and as things started to change that that I did have these thoughts that um, that my self-worth was or even my worth even like in my career, in my profession, that my worth was sort of tied to that concept of job and what that looked like um, in terms of like hours worked or productivity produced, um, even sort of like the employee mindset of like having to check off a certain number of hours in order to have the value at the end of the day. Um, so I don't know, from a from a job or career sp- perspective, it was it was kind of a... I don't want to say it was a blessing because obviously COVID has had many, many, you know, not good things come from it. But in in and of the fact that it was able to shine that light on that part of my life and my thinking about my life, it was almost like a blessing in disguise because it really allowed me to see how I was thinking about things. And not to say that thinking about it the way I was, was right or wrong, but just that I could see it now and I could decide what about so that good. I really liked and what I kind of didn't, what I agreed with, what I sort of wanted to change. Um, so it was kind of like a, in some ways, an illuminating period, I guess. Yeah. But I love how you said that. The, the stressful. <laughs> no. stressful, but also giving you some shining a light is such a good way to, to say it. You got to yeah. see it and then you got to decide and 
having agency during a time when we keep telling ourselves we have no agency, the world is happening to us was super powerful. Like there are still things that we can decide, namely how we think about our situation. Uh, what about the kids at home? Right. I apologize or, if you can hear a dog in the background or not, but <laughs> I can hear one. Um, yeah, so I have I have one child at home uh, through COVID, um, and yeah, right. If the word the word stress is coming to mind, <laughs> anxiety, stress, um, you know, which I think was probably felt almost ubiquitously throughout the world, right? I mean, so it's not like I am special per se in that way, but the way it showed up for me was this. It was so interesting because it was kind of a double sided. Um, experience where on the one hand, I was like really grateful for all this time I got to spend with my daughter and kind of do it in creative new ways. Cause you know, she was going to be home at times she normally wouldn't be, or that I would be spending time with her when I sort of normally wouldn't be. So that was kind of fun. And I think, you know, maybe a, a sort of a positive that came out of it. But of course, with that came just, you know, the sort of out of routine uncertainty of what was going to happen that day and how I would get the th other things done that I needed to get done while also, you know, trying to keep her entertained. And of course she wasn't fully school age yet. So I wasn't even homeschooling, but right. That would be a whole nother level to bring yeah. in. Like I'll raise my hand on that one. Definitely. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe you had a little share. homeschooling situation on my end. Um, you know, like that was, Thankfully, I have a very adaptable son, and I know that there are women out there who, you know, oftentimes women will still take on the primary caregiver role, and that is something that we always talk about. This right, where our thoughts, where our thoughts come from, a lot of times are modeled for us. They come from society, unquestioned, quote unquote, rules that we've picked up and unconsciously have just adopted and taken as fact or as a rule. And, you know, I think we saw it, we saw that a lot, I think in the research community, as well as, mm -hmm. you know, every working mother out there. But in particular, I think for STEM professionals, like we think of ourselves as so capable, so smart, so accomplished. And then to also want to be that for our children, be the best mom, be the best everything, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're suddenly without childcare and you're then your next best mom move is to be there a hundred percent of the time for your children. Uh, there is literally like, you know, just a huge hurdle to, to overcome with grappling with how am I going to be a hundred percent there for my career and a hundred percent there for my children and a hundred percent, even a fraction of that there for myself. Right. So it yeah. was all of it. It was, you know, women like in general but especially those who have high functioning high performing careers like really got hit really really hard with this shift in mm -hmm. perhaps identity or or just whatever whatever things were were hanging in balance were suddenly very lopsided not hanging in balance anymore um there was just very little buffer, yeah. buffer room the buffer room was right. not necessarily there yeah so yeah, like the like if it's like an elastic band, right? Like it was like we're all just stretched, like because we were already sort of stretched, right? And then you added COVID, and it was like, oh, there's no not a lot left. Or yes, at least that's an exactly. analogy I tend to think of. Yep, um, I love it. 
Yeah. And all these things, I think, between our conversations and finding coaching so helpful for our lives and then deciding to take the next step to become coaches is why we're here, right? Yeah. That's why we've created the Thriving Women in STEM community and the podcast and the coaching program, um, all those things to support all of you. Yeah. So build that support network, right? To have something that is more tangible to go to um, when you're faced with these types of things. I guess that's really sort of how I think of it sometimes is like to have, to create a space, a thing that you can actually interact with, you know, maybe it's virtual for the most part still, but you know, you can interact with, with us or with any of the things that we're trying to put together for this community so that, you know, it doesn't have to be when everything's totally fallen apart that you ask for help, that it can just be when you're like, Hey, my rubber band's getting stretched here. It would be really nice to like add some buffer solution or (laughs) add some elasticity to that rubber band. I'm sorry. I'm like, going off into, you know, chemistry analogies, but <laughs> I think, uh, you know, that's sort of another way I like to think of it. That it's, oh, that's um, so good. Yeah, for sure. Like reaching out for support before you've snapped is hundred percent a good idea. <laughs> and I also want to just, you know, share with everyone how we now as coaches and doing the work that we've been doing for a few years now, how, how do you see coaching today for you, supporting you in your life? And perhaps maybe you're no longer in that super stretched thin space. And uh, and like, is it still helpful? And how is it helpful? I love that. Um, yeah, I think for me, I'm still in that space of, of growth, right? And I think I will be forever, right? We're never necessarily <laughs> done growing in life. Um, but for sure, there's been a major shift in the sense that um, I find that it's helped, it's really helped me manage and weather some incredibly difficult times in the last year, you know, COVID obviously being one of them that we've sort of already talked about. Um, and without getting into too much detail, experiencing, uh, like a miscarriage, a pregnancy loss, that was very difficult for me. And for sure, you know, I've, I've used therapy as well as coaching and they've been an incredible partnership in like helping me get through some of these really challenging things that, you know, were unexpected, but they are that additional support layer that has allowed me to get through it. And like, and I don't want to sound trite, but, you know, basically thrive and survive at the same time, not, not just survive. (laughs) And that's going to sound like I'm just parroting our title, but, but I'm trying to think of a better word and I can't. Um, So, you know, it really is kind of allowing that, that thriving to come through your life more regularly and sort of in a routine way, uh, in a sort of maintained routine, as opposed to just when things are hitting a wall (laughs) or just when I'm about to crash. Um, So that, that's one way. And then the other way is that it's just opened up a lot of um, possibility in my mind that has been so uh, like liberating and freeing um, to just think about my life in a way that I think is allowing me to to show up more creatively, both in my career and at home. And, um, you know, actually spend my time intentionally so that I'm like on my way towards goals in a more... Um, I guess, aligned way. (laughs) 
Um, before I, you know, I wouldn't say that I didn't have goals or that they weren't really aligned with my truth necessarily, but it was also kind of like a planned plotted um, path that, that others had taken and that I kind of knew how to follow. I could see it and I followed it. Um, and so with all that transition and self-identity um, change that I spoke of when I found coaching, you know, also sort of found this, this new world of like creating my own path. And so that's, that's one of the things that, that coaching has, you know, more recently brought to me and continues to, to, to give as a gift, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. I love actually how you said thriving while surviving. And sometimes you're surviving in some areas like a miscarriage and, you know, the thriving parts of your life can maybe even intertwine with those surviving parts of your life. And it kind of ends up balancing it out in some way. We always talk about this balance fallacy, the, the balance of your life, right? But <laughs> right. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all just happy. It's just fully embracing all parts of it, all shades of it, and kind of saying yes to everything that life throws at you in a way, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I think when I, when I think about how I use coaching today, um, I also feel like, you know, when things, things hit the fan, yeah. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> felt like coaching was there as like a surviving mechanism in some ways. But once I was able to get into shift out of that and kind of recapture some control and some new identity or perhaps new path, then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm now using coaching routinely to create mm -hmm. whatever it is I want to create in my life. And that, again, I'm listening to myself. I'm like, who am I? Like <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking in, in such a kind of idealistic type way, but, you know, part of it is just really believing that anything is possible, that we can create what we want and uh, and not necessarily live by some pre like dated set of rules that we mm. haven't questioned up till this point. Yeah. So I think, you know, and we can talk about the patriarchy and all those things too. But <laughs> right. We can have other podcast episodes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, but you know, I fully embrace like the Latina of me too. And you know, like you know this, that that yeah. was something I kind of sometimes kept up under wraps because it was very much not needed in my opinion mm -hmm. at work. Whereas now I'm like, okay, no, I'm all of me is acceptable yeah. at work, at home in my whole, my whole reality. So I love it. Oh, this is a, this has been a beautiful reflection for me. So I know. Thank you. Yeah, me too. And we got to share it with our listeners, which I think is really Yay. special. <laughs> yeah. Sharing it with all of you. And, you know, this is going to be here. If you ever just need to know how this might look in your life, like know that it can start right now and it is a day a day by day thing and before you know it you're <laughs> one and a half years have gone by and <laughs> and you like are just a more resilient more whole more um accepting and adaptable person i would say right yeah yeah i love that you're like charting a new path perhaps you know it, it can be really exciting and and the possibilities are unlimited Yay. Yay for that. Unlimited possibilities. All right, STEM professional women. 
out there. We will see you in the next podcast. Sounds great. See you soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to apply some of these principles to your own life, we are here to help. Get started by following the link in the show notes to download our step-by-step video guided workshop to reclaim your time.